actually a real challenge for me at one time because I want my voice to be heard. Now you've identified your hot issues. Hello and welcome to the Grace Fields Wife Podcast. Every week, I will dig into little lies we tell ourselves in our relationships that hold us back from truly connecting with our spouse. This week, we're going to talk about what happens when we ignore all the little issues. Welcome to the Grace Fields Wife Podcast. My name is Beatrice Vargas, and my mission is to improve the quality of marriages by helping us learn to be fueled with grace. Are you sitting in a marriage that feels empty? Are you struggling to reignite the passion and love you once shared with your husband? Are you at a crossroads of leaving and repair, but you're constantly reminded of your promise to God to stay true? Or maybe things haven't even gotten that bad yet. Maybe you don't argue that often, but since you barely connect anymore, you've started to give up hope of ever being happily married again. You might have contemplated or even fantasized about what it would be like to leave. Maybe you're telling yourself that you're just sticking it out for the kids. If this is you, I've been there. My story is your story. I want to help you heal and reignite your marriage while still believing in the promise God gave you. I want you to stay with me, learn from me, internalize the grace, guidance, and interviews so that you can become the Gracefield Wife. You can learn more and connect with me directly on Instagram at the Gracefield Wife. Now let's dig in to today's show. Hello, everyone. So today I want to talk to you about another sneaky little lie that we tell ourselves. And I say this lie is sneaky because it usually comes out as a small, quiet voice warning us of something, uh, but we ignore it, right? It's not loud and clear, but more of a small little check. What we're hearing is often not in line with what we want. So we basically tell it to shut up and we keep moving forward. This can happen sometimes even before we get married. That's the little voice that says, ah, it's not a big deal. This is something we see happen when we're dating or in a bad relationship or we see a friend do in a bad relationship. Oh, it's not a big deal. You know what I'm talking about, right? All those little red flags that we ignore along the way. And then later we think, oh, I should have known that or I knew it. Well, once we're married, it's most often a small issue that might come up, but we don't want to have an uncomfortable conversation about it. So we basically just say, ah, it's no big deal and forget it. We avoid talking about it with our spouse and everyone else. We move on with our day and perhaps the next day might be another small incident to which we ignore again. There could be several valid reasons for ignoring it in the beginning. It just wasn't the appropriate time to talk or perhaps you were so offended uh, that you needed some time to process what happens. This happens in my house all the time. But many times we avoid talking about it because when we talk about it, we're acknowledging there's a problem. If we do that talk, we feel like we have to address the problem and make it real. So often we would rather ignore it and pretend the problem doesn't exist. There's the proverbial pink elephant right there. Newsflash, that doesn't work. Not addressing the small issues doesn't make them go away. Think about that small issue like a weed or something, right? If we don't address it in the garden or pull it up, it'll start to spread. 
The silence, all that does is water the problem so it can grow. Next thing you know, we have an overgrown garden and you can't tell what's worth keeping. You know, like um, your marriage. Not following me yet? Okay. Think about what happens when he does something that upsets you. It's too small to address in the moment, but by the end of the week, there were five air quotes, small incidents, right? And one of you blows up. That outward blow up can cause a major problem. But what's even more deadly is the resentment that started to grow. Next thing you know, we're saying things like, you never care. You never hear what I have to say. You never remember our anniversary. You never help with the kids. Now imagine we ignored this issue for months on end. Now we've spiraled so far off course, we don't know how to get back. It's like being in a massive amount of debt. I call it like fight debt. That's why we don't have the physical, mental, or emotional capacity to deal with an issue right now. So we store it away either by saying, it's not a big deal. We ignore it for now and hold on to it in the mental Rolodex. We categorize it and use it later as ammunition. Many well-meaning spouses don't even realize they're doing it. Their intentions are good. They want to avoid a situation. But in the execution, they're not allowing their basic human need to be heard and feel significant to be met. Now, if you're like me, I see your hand up in the back there saying, "Uh, do we have to talk about every little fight or incident? Because there's lots. No, please don't do that. It's not about getting to every little thing. In fact, it's wise not to discuss something in the heat of the moment. So like I said, this happens all the time in my house. An issue will arise and we can see the conversation escalating. So we'll decide to pause and take a breather. This allows us to both cool off and think through what we want to say so we can articulate ourselves without being hurtful. That was actually a real challenge for me at one time. An argument would start up. My husband would shut down and I would antagonize him over it. I would push the issue and follow him around the house to get him to speak to me. That was a terrible move. In my brain, I was running all these scenarios in my head. Why won't he talk to me? What is he thinking? Why? 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 I actually equated his shutting down on me with me not being loved, with me not being safe. This shift, which came from God telling me, let it go for now, has done wonders in how we communicate. Now, I don't just store the offenses in the mental Rolodex. I try to think of the underlying cause. I try to see the situation from my husband's perspective. I try to identify what about it was hurtful to me. Then, at a more appropriate time, I ask for the space to talk about it. When we do, since I've already sorted through a lot of my anger or hurt, and I've even tried to identify his, we're able to have a completely different discussion than we were before. I consider the whole process to be an act of grace, because I want my voice to be heard. I want to point my finger at him and tell him why I'm upset, almost like a child. I want him to know what I'm feeling and fix my hurt now. Grace gives me the emotional maturity to say, well, honey, now's not the best time to talk about this, but let's figure it out so we can use our words like the grown-ups later. So I acknowledge that I'm able to do this since my marriage is in a much healthier place than it was back then. But part of the cause 
for the healthy relationship is this very practice. Our relationship has been healed through the grace to practice this continually. Over a period of years, our root issues have long since been resolved. You see, in an unhealthy relationship, almost every argument, even the little ones, can have very deep roots. The arguments I'm talking about are more of the hot issues, those trigger arguments that always seem to cause a lot of hurt. If you find yourself having the same fight over and over, it's very important to identify what that trigger is. For either one of you, you need to figure out why does it make me so angry or hurt me so deeply when he does this? Once you figure out why the topic is so hurtful, you can work towards articulating yourselves better. I'll go back to my example of him shutting down on me and following me following him around the house. I realized that when I was a kid, my mom used to give me the silent treatment when she was upset. That silent treatment usually preceded a very severe punishment, or for lack of a better word, a beating. Yes, I said a beating. I will stop here to clarify. My mom is now an amazing, lovely, totally redeemed and forgiven woman of God. But yes, back then, as a teenage mom, she disciplined us the only way she knew how. Everyone else that we knew was also being disciplined the same way. So the important part of the story, though, is that as a child, I learned to associate the silent treatment with physical harm. Now, my husband would never lay a hand on me. Absolutely not. He would just never even dream of it. He doesn't want to be hurtful in any way. So instead, silence is to avoid saying something he will regret, which, of course, learning that made me even more crazy. What could he be thinking about that he would regret? Why would he think something so bad? And on and on. But I had to keep coming back to the root of that issue for both myself and him. Now, I'll stop right here and say this. For some of us, these air quotes, hot issues have really deep, hurtful roots. We may not be able to uncover them all on our own. Therapy has helped many people identify these roots. There's no shame in going to see a professional therapist. It doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you, but rather that we're trying to, you're trying to be a better version of yourself. I know a lot in our community, in the Latino community, Sometimes the thought of therapy, uh, people think that that's a sign of weakness or that's something you would never do. But it's just not true if it means that you are going to be a better person. Now, once you've identified those issues in therapy or either with a therapist or on your own, it might be helpful to work with a coach or somebody who can help you walk through that, being that better version of yourself today. Also know this, your husband may also need therapy, but there are many cases where he's going to refuse to go, and that isn't something you can force. Okay, so now you've identified your hot issues. Maybe you've even identified why they hurt so much. How do you go about talking to him in a way that will help him diffuse the situation? You know, start the conversation towards healing without making your spouse feel attacked. I found some language to be really helpful that I learned from Brene Brown. 
Warning, Brene's work revolves around teaching us the power of being vulnerable. So this is going to require for you to let your guard down and be vulnerable with your partner. Whoa. But hey, we've committed to spend our lives with them. So uh, yeah, it's okay to be vulnerable with them. All right. So this language that I learned is the story I'm telling myself is again, the phrase is the story I'm telling myself is this is so powerful. It allows you to articulate all the crazy thoughts running through your head without casting blame or shaming or judging him or saying something hurtful to your spouse. So back to my example of him shutting down, that conversation now would sound something more like, babe, when you shut down like that, the story I'm telling myself is that you don't love me anymore. To which the answer would be something like, of course, I still love you. It just hurts me when. This has a totally different effect than me marching around saying, no, you need to talk to me about this right now. That little sentence, the story I'm telling myself, that sentence is a language of grace. As wives, when we're fueled with grace, we have a peace to behave in ways we never thought we were capable of. We are able to give each other the undeserved kindness that God gives to us. Okay, so now we know why we should take care of addressing small issues at home and even some helpful language to help us do so. But here's another piece of the lie. You're upset with your husband, so you go ahead and call your mom, sister, best friend, and vent about him. Yes, girl, he did this. Mm-hmm, how dare he? This can even be the gem- general like comedy that we find ourselves in and the thousands of what I call mom memes floating around out there that depict our husbands as lazy, childish, incompetent. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Some of these can be pretty hilarious. The danger in this is when we start to believe that the constant joking or vent sessions are Quotes, no big deal, especially if the only place you're going to vent is to your friends or social media and you're not letting your spouse know about these frustrations. You're basically bashing him behind his back and not giving him any opportunity to respond. Or perhaps you trash talk him to his face. How motivated do you think he will be to behave differently to that type of criticism? Is that what we want from him in this situation? Like, would we want him to trash talk you to your friends without discussing it with us first? I I would be pissed. Like, I don't. Talk to me. What are you telling your friends about me, you know? So, in fact, my sister reminded me of this verse while we were chatting about this the other night. And it's in Matthew 18, verse 15. Through 17. If your brother sins against you, go ahead and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you. That very charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen, tell it to the church. Okay, so now. Therefore, if this is how we're supposed to treat our brothers or friends, how much more important would it be for us to treat our spouse this way? Not only is like this kind of trash talk behavior disrespectful, but it can also be really toxic on a relationship. 
So please don't feel judged if this is something you do. I've certainly been guilty of it before. There are no judgments here. I just want to challenge us all, myself included, to try a different approach. Over the years, I've had to let friends know, look, if you're here to just bash your husband and expect me to go along with it, you've got the wrong friend. At the same time, I've learned to protect my marriage in the same way. I realize that it's really easy for people who don't already know him and love him to hate him. If I just sit there and only vent about him, my friends and loved ones, they're going to bash him with me if I allow it because they love me and they think they're being supportive. This in turn is only going to fuel my anger and resentment. Notice that both these examples, it's no big deal, I won't bring up the offense to my spouse, and it's no big deal if I talk to my friends about him, both lead to one result. Resentment. The issue with resentment is that by definition, it means persistent ill will. We can't possibly have a healthy relationship when we have persistent ill will towards our spouse. What we're trying to do here at the Grace Fueled Wife podcast is change that narrative, heal the resentment, and help the anger to subside easier. Basically, to stop what in his book, Love and Respect, Dr. Emerson Edrich calls the crazy cycle. Just that verbiage, the crazy cycle, I'm sure you all know what I'm talking about. He does something hurtful and we respond in kind. Then he does something else and we respond in a hurtful way again and again and again. Instead, our goal is to move towards the opposite place, one that Dr. Edwards calls the energizing cycle. This energizing cycle is like the promised land in marriage. This is when he does something super sweet and loving, so we go ahead and do something loving in return, which fuels him to want to do something sweet again. And now you guys are in a cycle of like sweet lovingness. I get cute. So knowing that this is our goal, your homework this week is to try putting one of these tips to practice. One, the story I'm telling myself is choose an appropriate time and tell him when you did this or said the story I'm tell the story I'm telling myself is two, check the venting or stop somebody else from doing it without being uh, helpful in the conversation. Think about it. Are your words true, beneficial, and necessary? If not, perhaps we should find a better way to talk about it then. Maybe even journal your frustrations. This helps me out a lot, right? It can like seriously help you identify why you're hurt by a situation. It's a really helpful ex exercise. And I rec recognize that sometimes we need to get our feelings out. It's unhealthy. We can't keep them suppressed. So we don't need, however, to word vomit all our frustrations all over our friends. So try it. Maybe not vent to your friends, grab your notebook, try venting to your journal first. And then maybe after that, you can bring it up to your husband first. Lastly, do something sweet. Even if he doesn't deserve it or you think he doesn't deserve it, respond the way you would want him to respond to you. But If he doesn't acknowledge it or appreciate it, that's fine. He's not always going to. Just consider it a win when you are able to give him kindness this week without expecting anything in return. We're not doing things to get something in return because that would just be manipulation. And I don't know about you, but we're not here to manipulate our husbands. I mean, that doesn't make for a healthy marriage. So... 
that's not something we're going to do. We're just going to treat him kindly for no reason at all. All right, there you have it. The truth behind that little lie we tell ourselves. It's no big deal. Thank you, everyone, for joining me today. Thank you for listening. And again, if you found any value in this podcast episode or the ones before, it would really mean the world to me if you go on iTunes, leave it a five-star review, and also a written review. It really helps people to find it. People who don't know that they really need to hear this message, it will help them find it. So it would really mean the world to me if you did that. Also, if you want to connect with me directly, you can do so on Instagram at The Grace Fueled Wife. Thanks again. Bye bye.